It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, ends up, yes. touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Tuesday. Happy New Year. Starting off a new year here on the Full Court Press. Um, And you know what? New Year means New Year's resolutions. So we'll share some New Year's resolutions. Love to get your recommendations as well. Um, You know, what would be your New Year's resolution for the Utah State Aggies? Or the Utah Jazz, or do you have one for yourself that you'd like to share? Yeah, so I speak brave to enough to share. Yeah. What resolutions would you make for other people? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a Calvin and Hobbes comic about that where he came with a bunch of resolutions for other people? Or I don't know. There's usually a yearly thing where he'd be like, "Oh, I don't resolve to do this, or I resolve to do that." My resolution for you is yes, <laughs> I I resolve. That you should give me $20 every day. <laughs> so i uh, love to get your thoughts on that. 435-339-0321 on our full court press text line. Um, a little bit later on, we'll get to Utah State and Air Force. Uh, week, Another week in conference play. It'll be game number two for USU in conference play. Taking on Air Force uh, later on tonight. Game will be broadcast on CBS Sports Network. Uh, KVNU game day coverage with Al Lewis and Jalen Moore. That'll start at 6 on KVNU, 102.1 FM, 610 AM. And as soon as the game is over, they'll have KVNU Aggie call with John Russell and Al Lewis. Um, So we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, Thoughts about uh, the teams. And a look back on what happened with the uh, Utah State-Fresno State game on New Year's Eve. Uh, Utah Jazz also in action tonight, taking on the Sacramento Kings. Jazz have lost, uh, what is it, six of their last eight games. And um, many of those have been like one-possession games. They've been really, really close. They just can't close these games out. So we'll see if a little bit of a break for the Jazz over the last few days, if that does them good uh, with Sacramento coming to town. Uh, So we'll have that here on this station. Pre-game at 6.50, tip-off at 7. Part of the Utah Jazz Radio Network here on The Fan. Um, but uh, also we'll get into the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Take any recommendations that you may have for that. Um, but uh, we, we've talked, well, we, we've teased high sc- or college, we've teased the Jazz, but we haven't said anything about high schools. But we'll do that as well this hour uh, after a few teams were in action uh, here and there during the Christmas break. Things pick up again this week, but we'll give an updated look at what's the latest with RPI standings through uh, Region 11 and uh, 4A basketball. So a lot of different things to cover here on the Full Court Press. We haven't been together for a little bit, so good chance to catch up on a few things, get your thoughts. Um, Certainly a lot of our thoughts today are still on uh, Devin Hamlin 
and uh, what happened in uh, in Cincinnati um, last night. I don't know that I can really add anything more than what's been said uh, from last night or even through today other than, gosh, we hope he gets better. Uh, the As we just heard at the top of the hour, the there were some statements that were released today, but they really weren't. They didn't really say much other than to say that he is still in critical condition, which is still kind of amazing. I mean, it's, that's probably a good sign considering what happened uh, immediately on the field. Uh, but uh, all that we can do is hope and pray that things just continue to get better for him. Yeah, it, it really, it really hits home because when we think of sports these days, we don't think of these kind of things happening. Like I've spent time going back and looking at early history of Utah State sports, going, you know, reading newspaper articles from the literally the 1800s and early 1900s. And I see it a lot there, people having the the conversation, at least journalists having the conversation, should we even be playing football? Because people would die on the regular. There's Utah State football players that have died because because of playing football. And, and other sports, not just football. But we think of that as something that happened in the 1800s, in the early 1900s. It doesn't happen anymore. And yet, you know, we, we, we underestimate this is a violent sport, and in violent sports, things happen. And when you hear people break down, you know, the fact that he had to get hit at, like, the worst possible moment in the right spot for this kind of thing to happen... But it still can't happen, right? And and it really hits home. It's like okay, suddenly you know this isn't a game anymore. This is you know a human being fighting for his life, and suddenly everybody's you know rallying around him. People who would have been swearing at each other over a bunch of you know throwing the ball around the field, people would would, would hate each other over fandom and whatnot. And then all of a sudden we're rallying. And it shows the humanity of us for at least a little bit. Yeah, no, that's very true. Now, with this, there's been a lot of questions as to what would the NFL do moving forward. And as you've heard on this station, with other programs here on our national uh, uh, programming about what the NFL is going to do, and there was some question: Would the game be made up? Uh, would it be? Would it be played later on? And um, it looks like it will. Um, you know, it. it uh, the game will will not be resumed this week, and uh, but they have not yet really made a decision as if it will be resumed at a later point. It's still a little bit up in the air. And I don't know if there's room in the schedule. That's the thing is that I think the playoffs begin the week after uh, week 18. So when do you play this game? Um, I mean. Bengals and Bills both factoring into the playoffs, I believe. They should both be there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because I think they're both 10-win teams. I don't know what the records are exactly, but I think they're both 10-win teams. Yeah, the, the, the well, this, this is an important game to determine seeding and positioning yeah. and just the way that the playoffs would play out. This was going to be a an important game for that. Yeah, and obviously there's, there's more important things, but we do have to ask this question because life will go on. Um, and and uh, the sport will go on. So it's a question worth asking. And honestly, in my opinion, I, th- I feel like the game's just going to get canceled. Because there's just nowhere to fit unless they push the playoffs back, which they could. 
may, I mean, how? It depends with TV scheduling because that's one of the biggest problems. There's technically room if you just eliminated, like, one of the Super Bowl. You know that there's that dead week where they, you know, there's two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl. If you really wanted to, you could push it back. But like, I don't think that would be worth the moving of heaven and earth with everything else. Right. Just just to play the one game. So I I just don't see this game happening. Because well, you know, but like unless they played it today, which they're not. This is basically your dropped it. Well, that was that was really. I'm sorry. It's a I, deadline. Deadline. I I really apologize for that. I, that just came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is your the last possible day. You could have done it, and obviously they weren't going to. And at this point, you're focused on next week. So uh, yeah. Well, and it's. Beyond that, I mean, th- this Bills team is scheduled to host New England on Sunday. And they still don't know the fate of their teammate. Um, now, hopefully, if he remains in critical condition, uh, but is, that, is he on life support? You know, th- those things we don't know. Like, is he hanging on by a thread? We don't know. They may know more things than we do. They probably do. I think there's. I don't think he's on live support. They would have said as much. The latest that I've heard, uh, one that his his vitals returned to something normal. They had a breathing tube um, down his throat, and they're doing a bunch of tests. Which at this point, with with what everyone like again, I'm not the expert here. This is what I've heard and and seen. Is that this is a long process? You know when you have your heart stop, you get it restarted. And at that point, the focus is making sure the brain recovers properly. Um, you know, getting blood flowing through there. And so it's a long process. You do a lot of testing. You do a lot of making sure everything's working properly. Because obviously the worry with this is the heart stops when you get started again, but has the brain reactivated? Because there's people that are effectively brain dead, even though their vitals are working. So you got to make sure everything's working properly. So yeah. we'll see. It it's a waiting process, and unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of updates. I think we're going to get. No, probably not for the next couple of days. But the Bills have to turn their focus now to New England, as a team at least, and the the next game um, that they'll have to play. Um, so, the, if yeah, I, I just I was just going to say if if the worst happens, and Hamlin ends up passing away. Is Buffalo still going to be asked to play on Sunday? I mean, Pro- I, probably. I, that would be tough. It, it would be tough. Because we've seen college teams not play in this, this last season where they had a teammate die, and the, the following week they did not play. It happened with San Jose State in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah. Because that, that can be – that's – that's an an emotionally tough thing to go through with uh, one of your one of your guys. Yeah, it, it's tough to say. I I think the NFL might. I mean, if it happened, if we found out that he died like on Saturday, then you maybe consider. But the NFL, like I said, the show goes on, and I, it, it's it's hard because like I'd be fine if they canceled it. I'm just trying to think of this from an NFL perspective. I would prefer. Give the guys a break, you know. Let them grieve. Let's 
let's show some humanity. Let's let's worry about the more important thing here. Yes. But the NFL, they have to be a little heartless sometimes. Or can be, I guess. They don't have to be. Of course, the NFL, they were wanting to restart the game. Well, I know there's some dispute about... Well, of course the NFL would dispute about that or not. But, uh, yeah. So, again, tragic situation last night. I know you've heard a lot about it on this station throughout the day. Um, but can I just say, I thought that Scott Van Pelt and that crew at ESPN last night was was fantastic. The way they handled it, the way they talked through it, and got uh, trying to deal with the situation. I really feel bad for the for Joe Buck and those guys that were up in the in the booth that they that broadcast hung on as long as it did. Uh, while this was going on, I was a little surprised that they didn't try to find some other studio analysts somewhere else, that those guys were forced to try to talk through things as they were watching them unfold in front of their eyes. But um, not not an easy situation to uh, try to navigate while it's happening live. And so I really feel for those guys who had to be in that situation. It's not easy. Yeah, and there was you know clips where it's like they're just they're just silence. On the broadcast, and then they say, well, well, there's nothing left for us to say, and they go to break. That's, that's about the only thing you can do is just cut to break, cut to commercial. Cause they're like, basically begging, please take us off the air. Yeah, it's like... There's really nothing more we can say. It, it's like, go to, you know, and there's not always other programming you can just throw on there on TV. It's not that easy, but like, that are commercials, which, yeah, it's it's just, it's tough. And at least they weren't, you know, trying to... You know, do a, you know, drag it on and talk a bunch about things. Because in that situation, yeah, you you be quiet. And so they did their jobs very professionally. In an impossible situation, the situation no broadcaster ever wants to see themselves no. in. No, where yeah. they're worried that they may have just watched somebody pass away on the field. So it's, it's something I hope I never have to see, report on, deal with, but. The thing is, we have to confront that this is something that happens. Right, there's and, always that possibility. Yeah, and the, you know, it's we we see it here with the NFL, like it gets publicized, where oh, player you know suffers a serious injury, may may or may not die. We still don't know. Um, but they're on smaller scales, lesser known, at least to the national audience. Of players dying sometimes on the field happens less on the field usually you know players these days when they pass away it's usually some freak accident um, we just saw a, a BYU football player freak accident yeah true and in passed away <clears throat> so it, it doesn't happen as much on the field but it still happens it happens in in youth sports again usually freak accidents in fact the 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 diagnosis they gave at least you know the you know most doctors who observed it seemed to be giving him was I forget how you pronounce it but you know basically getting the commotio cordis yeah basically like in in how it happens you get you know thumped in the chest at the perfectly wrong moment and it happens in youth sports if you get nailed with a baseball or there was one clip I saw where a hockey player got nailed in the chest um, and and he had basically the same thing where he just collapsed on the ice. Thankfully that player lived. And we're hoping that uh 
Hamlin will be just fine. I'm, 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 in my opinion, it feels like the signs are pointing toward him at least living. Hopefully, that's not like the baseline we're dealing with. Hopefully, we're talking about full recovery and at best, maybe play football again. Yeah. But obviously, we got to actually make sure that he is crossing the, crossing the threshold of will actually live and will actually be able to live the rest of his life. <clears throat> All right. Uh, we need to take a timeout here on the Full Court Press. Uh, love to get your thoughts, your questions um, on this. But we'll move on because I know a lot of our, our national programming has dealt with this um, and, and discussed it. and can do it with greater detail with better experts than, than we can. But there are definitely other things that are taking place and are happening. We've got uh, Jazz in action tonight. We have the Aggies in action tonight. High school hoops in action tomorrow. Um, And so we'll give the latest on the RPI in high school basketball, the latest in the net rankings for Mountain West as uh, those games get underway again, and uh, some New Year's resolutions as well uh, that we would give to, to others, not for ourselves, but we'll, have, we'll hand them out to other people. Well, for organizations or other teams. Might have some for me. <laughs> we may have some of our own. Uh, but love to get yours as well. 435-339-0321. Cubex Fitness is offering their best deal of the year. For a limited time, become a Cubex member and get your first two months for free. Then only pay $15 per month with no contract. Receive the Cubex Nutritional Guide ebook for free. Work out at Cubex with their virtual trainers in complete privacy without any concerns or distractions or comparisons. Make 2023 your year. Achieve your goals at Cubex Fitness in Logan. $75 cancellation fee at time of cancellation. It's never too late or too cold to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your drunker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, bending, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is locally owned and operated inside the beautiful new Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. Expect the most cutting-edge techniques, qualified doctors, and friendly staff to ensure the highest quality patient care. The ENT providers have extensive training to properly treat ear, nose, and throat conditions for adults and children. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat serves all of northern Utah and southern Idaho, accepting most insurance products, including SelectMed. Go to CashValleyENT.com for appointments and details. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, located in North Logan and Providence. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. I don't think there's anybody who thought Patrick Mahomes doesn't have enough time to be able to go down and score and, and beat the Chargers. <laughs> That's how I felt. No, and, and, and look, I, I just realized, you know, there's just certain things where in sports, you accept it. 
The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, for those who are listening on the stream, welcome to the show. Yeah, hopefully you're still on. I know we had one text, 9 through and 5 was texting in and, and uh, wondering if there was no show today or if the app streaming had gone awry, and the answer was the latter. Our app streaming had struggled. So we got that text. I got a text from my dad asking if we were we were on. I should probably text him and say we're back on. But maybe yeah, we're he, back. Maybe, maybe he's a... Uh, I don't know if he's listening. Like, see if you listen to it and we're not on, they might turn it off. So yeah, kind of patience level for twenty minutes. Yeah, so sorry about that. Uh, some carryover from the bowl game, I guess, from yesterday. Uh, but looks like that's uh, been resolved. We're back on the stream. Uh, so thank you nine three one five for alerting us. Eight nine six eight on the full court press text line it says back in nineteen sixty three, Davis played a Highland High for state championship. The weekend that President Kennedy was shot, it seemed weird. Yeah, and it, it is weird, you know, because obviously you have sometimes more personal tragedies where it's just a player on the team. Then you have national tragedies. I say just a player on the team, but like I said, more localized tragedy, tragedy versus national tragedy. Like for me, like, you know, when 9-11 happened, you know, there, was, there was game cancellations. Um, that, that doesn't always happen, you know. Game cancellations usually due to weather and things like that, but. Yeah, nine eleven really the only thing I can think of that really shut everything down. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, you, there there have been more regional things with because of weather, things like that. But uh, as far as personal tragedy, um, yeah, there've we've seen it here, kind of close to home in the Mountain West. Uh, Utah had some situations. There was somebody else. Um, in the west western United States, another player who died, and there was a, a game that got canceled or postponed. Anyway, it, it, it happens from time to time. Yeah, it feels like it feels like it's happening more often, but um, it, thankfully they're not on the field because when it happens on the field, it's either freak accident or complete failure on somebody's part to you know be a watchdog. There used to be people who would die from you know heat stroke dehydration because. You know, we used to have more archaic methods of handing out water at football practice or any other sports practice. Thankfully, we've moved beyond that, so we've largely cut out that area of player endangerment. But that still leaves the possibility of freak accident. Yeah. Which, again, in modern football, like when you go back to, you know, early football, and you hear about the way it was played back then, it's like, holy crap, how did anyone survive? <laughs> Like, when you hear about the way they played football, like, you know, when they came out with, uh, you know, like, kind of the early aspects of, like, the wedge and the kickoff, you know, you get a bunch of guys and you have the runner go behind them, they run up the field. Like, one of the er first defenses against that was, all right, one of our guys is going to sprint at full speed and just launch himself like a human cannonball into that. <laughs> like, what on earth are you doing? Like, so thankfully, we don't play like that anymore. <laughs> And so people don't die on the field. Yes. Um, look, the um, 
I'm shifting gears, and we're we're at the start of a new year. We're talking about making changes. Um, new Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not really good at making New Year's resolutions for myself. There was a stretch in time where I tried to make them and I'd write them down, and they'd only last about a week, maybe a month, if I was lucky. Uh, but I've, I've just, I've never been one that's been really good with New Year's resolutions. Uh, I've got some friends who they put a lot of thought into it, and they make their resolutions at the start of the year, and they stick with them for the full year. And I know there are people out there that do that. I'm not one of those people. See, for me, I'll come up with things that are kind of like New Year's resolutions, but they're in, like, the middle of the year, and so I just start. For instance, there have been times in my life where I say, all right, I'm just going to not drink soda. I do it for a while. I've been doing that, like, most of 2022 you know, I didn't drink a soda. There were a couple times I did, you know, and, and during the holidays I did a couple times because it wasn't that big of a deal. But when I think of those things, there's other times where I just completely abstained from fast food. I'm not doing very well at that right now. Of course, I haven't committed <laughs> to it. I probably should for the new year. But for me, I'll do New Year's resolution type things, but I just do them when I think of them and decide to commit to them. Sometimes they'll have a similar success rate as actual New Year's resolutions, but sometimes they do stick. Like I said, there's a period of time where I didn't drink a soda for like 18 months because I felt like that was something I could do for my health. Now, it wasn't, again, I didn't exactly do the all-around health. There were other things that I was doing, so it was just kind of like a drop in the ocean to what I could have been doing. But still, um, for me, I just, I don't know, New Year's just seems really cheesy to be doing you know, New Year's resolutions. And I've been meaning to go back for the gym to the gym for about a month. And for like most of December, I didn't go. I have a gym membership. I didn't go for a lot in December. And now I'm afraid to go back because it'll look like, oh, I'm the fat guy who's going to the <laughs> gym. This is New Year's resolution. <laughs> it's like, but like I, I just want to go to the gym because I want to be healthy, guys. Uh, it has nothing to do with New Year's. Uh, it's something I, I should have been doing for the entire last month, but I've been gone and sick and lazy. And Yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm not I'm not anti-goal setting because I, I, I make goals. I have goals for myself and um, you know, things I want to do, things I want to accomplish. Uh, it just seems like there's, I don't know, undue pressure. Maybe it's not undue. It's just it's it's always there for the new year. It's like, ah, oh, you better come up with a New Year's resolution. Everybody's talking about New Year's resolution, so I better come up with something. And it seems a little bit rushed. But nonetheless, it's uh it's it's new it's the new year. So it's it's commonplace to talk about you know new new goals, new things, new objectives for the upcoming year. So in the frame of sports, at least local sports, uh, we'll throw out some New Year's resolutions. And uh, for <laughs> uh, for me, one one would be I'd, I'd make a New Year's resolution for the Utah Jazz. <laughs> uh, your resolution should be: Are you going all in or not? And what I mean by going all in is: Are you going all in for the draft or not? Because right now they're on that fringe where they're playoff bound, but then they're not just out of the playoffs, or they're in the playoffs, or are they not? Because right now, I mean, for the entirety of the season to this date, they've been a playoff-bound team. But they're heading in the, in the 
opposite direction of getting themselves out of the playoffs. And we're getting to the point in time with the, the trade deadline not that far away where the Jazz need to decide who are we going to be. Are we going to be a team that improves our draft opportunities or are we serious about trying to improve our team while having a winning culture? And Because um, right now they're in the 10 spot. No, they're in the 12th spot, actually. So they're right there in the, uh, in the play-in situation. So uh, for me, it's make a decision and commit to it one way or the other. Because right now, they're kind of in a middle ground, no man's land. So uh, make a decision, and I will support you either way, but they have to decide one way or the other. Are they going to be in as a, as a playoff team, or are they going to go for uh, improving their position in the draft? Yeah, and see, I, I, uh, I certainly agree with that. That's a good resolution. I think for me, I'm kind of in a similar boat if I was giving a resolution to the Jazz, where it's kind of a mix of a couple of different um, sentiments, where it's, you know, don't get caught up in the present, what's happening now with the team. And you know, don't get attached to everything that's happening right now. Keep the long-term in mind. That's kind of the overarching. Keep the long-term in mind, which I think plays, you know, well into yours where it's like you can look long-term in either direction you can go. Stick with this core you've got or look toward the future where most of this core likely isn't part of it. You know, if you look at four years down the road, there might be one or two players in this roster that are still around. So don't get too attached to things. Don't get too attached to Mike Conley. Don't get too attached to Jordan Clarkson. Like, is it really worth having another half season or so of Jordan Clarkson playing well, playing enjoyable? Or would you rather have that, you know, have some more ammo as far as having a better team down the road? And it could be a tricky choice because there's a lot of us that just want to live in the moment. We just want to watch good sports. Maybe we're not dead set on winning a championship. We'd obviously like it, but it'd be a tricky situation. But if you're the Jazz and you want to win a championship, these resolutions really hit home more. Don't get attached to what's going on right now. Don't get super attached to Lowry Markinen. It's like, oh, he's suddenly the new guy. He's the new superstar. He's Kevin Durant, you know, light. Just don't get too attached. Let's keep the long term in mind. Don't overreact to what's going on. Yeah, and by the way, I misspoke. They're in the 10th position. I think I said they're in 12th, but they're in 10th, which would be the last place for the play-in. Um, you know, they're, they're a game and a half behind Golden State, Phoenix, and Portland, which are all tied in the standings. Uh, two games behind Sacramento and L.A., which Sacramento is currently in the 5th position. So... Teams 5 through 10 are separated by two games. Yeah, that's that's not atypical for the West, especially this, you know, kind of middle-ish of the season um, where teams aren't separated by that much. It's especially not uncommon for the West where teams in that, you know, between 4 and 12, sometimes you're just a seven-game win streak away from being in the playoffs or a seven-game losing streak from being out of it. Yeah, yes, very true. Uh, all right, so New Year's resolutions. If you have one for uh, a local sports team or, or player, love to get that, 435-339-0321. We've shared some about the Utah Jazz. We'll give some about the maybe the Utah State Aggies 
uh, and also talk about the latest RPI standings for high school basketball. Uh, what do the current standings look like as teams are going to be back in action uh, starting tomorrow, many of them. Uh, that's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. Experts tell us that the three areas of balance for proper health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This is Ryan, owner of My Mattress. And while My Mattress Store can't really help with exercise and nutrition, we can help with better sleep. If a person started today to live a balanced life in health, exercise, and sleep, uh, three things might happen. One, we might throw away the bag of peanut M&Ms that we have stashed. Two, we might get up off the couch and exercise. And three, we'd come buy a new mattress here at My Mattress. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Here's the part about the Rams that like no one's talking about. The Rams lose Cooper Cup probably for the season. And, and it's like, well, the Rams, F them draft picks, whatever. Like, that's great. Everybody else fills out the rest of the roster with draft picks. They don't have the draft picks. And the draft picks you do have, you got to hit. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Also streaming on the 1069thefan.com and 1069thefan mobile app. Stream is working now. Thankfully. Yes. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. 435 339 0321 on our full court press text line. 2305 with a good question just came in. Our guys who are in the football portal. Recruited by any college that thinks they want that player? Or how does it work? Or do the players contact the college? So my understanding, or at least my understanding of how it's supposed to go, is that players will enter, they submit, I don't know if it's to the NCAA or to the college, but they submit to somebody they're entering the transfer portal, they get confirmation of that. Sometimes you'll actually see players post the, I don't know if it's an automated reply or just some reply that they'll get saying, all right, you're in the portal now. They'll get that message from somebody. And then when you're in the portal, I believe coaches, uh, there's no public list of the portal. Correct. Um, you'll find enough sites that have some insider information. They're able to kind of create a portal. But it's, it's, a lot of times it'll be incomplete because there's players they just don't know are in the portal. NCAA puts out numbers on how many were in, like just macro numbers but we don't know exactly who but players or coaches uh 
I believe, have access to that. At least they should. <laughs> I imagine they have access to that full list. And then they can contact those players. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, it's supposed to work. Whether or not that's how it actually works, well, you know, there's a lot of speculation. Right, because we've seen we've seen examples just this year of a player announcing he's in the portal and then within hours, right, not even that, <laughs> announces he's already committed to go somewhere else. Like yeah. how how is that supposed to be possible that that you decided you were going to put yourself in the portal and then this other program happened to have an availability for what you happened to offer, contact you Extend a scholarship offer, make the arrangements, and then you make the commitment. It's like when an NBA player signs at 12 Eastern oh, on July 4th. Such a farce. A four-year, $70 million contract with all incentives and whatnot fleshed out seven seconds into the free agency period, where it's supposed to be the first moment you can contact players and negotiate free agent contracts. Yeah, it's a joke. But in seven seconds, you got it. Now, so page contract. Yeah, there are. Uh, we know there are places that are. Then they may not directly talk to the player. They may talk to a family friend, a family member, somebody has influence, and say, "Hey, if he's so maybe someone that they came across in the recruiting recruiting process before, um, or it's just say, you know what, we're going to have an opening." And if he's not happy with where he's at, we'll find a spot for him. We'll ha- we have a spot for him. We have need of what he can do. And so their conversations are already taking place. Uh, but technically speaking, that uh, legally, according to the bylaws, the university cannot, or the coach, cannot contact the players until he puts his name in the portal. Yeah. But we know it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and there's there's allegations that there's been tampering, and I 100% believe that it happens. 100% believe that. Yes. Uh, New Year's resolutions for the upcoming year for local sports. Uh, 9315 says New Year resolution for Aggie fans. Sell out the Spectrum and the Mav Stadium for all home conference games. Tell you what, basketball attendance is getting pretty good. Like, used to be you'd have a lot of patches in the, you know, the called the non-student section, um, whereas my brother used to call it the old fogey section. <laughs> the gray hairs? Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of names for it. But they've, they're filling that section up. There's a, I think there was one patch I saw uh, in this last game. But other than that, they're filling up pretty much their entire section. Where it's lacking right now is students. But last game was on New Year's Eve game before that was already on Christmas break. Yeah, so it's like there's been some pretty good excuses for the students to have not been there. Now this next home game, they're playing against Wyoming like next Tuesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. That should have uh, quite a few people there. should. This is a fun team, and it's an important game. So uh, 0366, the booster section? Booster section. <laughs> That's a good name for it. Isn't that just the the sweets up there, all the, the boosters? I mean, I guess everyone could be a booster. But no, but you know, it's when was the last time uh, there was a sellout? Was there any sellout games under Odom his first year? I don't think so. I know there were a few under Craig Smith. He 
you know, it was regularly sold out under Stu Morrill, and then yeah. things softened up a bit under Durier. Uh, and then Smith started to revive the uh, student section and the community support, and it came back. But and, uh, and it hasn't hasn't been sold out or near capacity for a little while. I think it might have been near capacity in a couple of conference games last year. Um, they haven't done near capacity this year really at all. Mostly because there hasn't been an overlap between the students all being there because they were coming out early uh, in, in pretty decent numbers. But the we'll, we'll call it the booster section hadn't quite done that yet. Well, now the boosters are showing up. Students haven't shown up. We should get to that point. So we might close in. We might have some 9,000 attendance games here in conference play probably fairly early. Uh, earlier than normal because it used to take a while for that support to build up because they're kind of waiting to see if this team would be good. So, so far, Utah State had about 7,400 for the Utah Valley game, uh, 6,800. Well, they've been at, at around 7,000, uh, between 6,500 and 7,000 for most of the home games. Yeah. Just looking over it right now. Yeah, and in the... And the students definitely showed up. They do well in terms of just anticipating we're going to be there no matter what for the first game or so. Um, and so they do pretty well showing up. That's how you're getting the seven to 8,000 or close there, you know, topping out there in some of these early games. But we're gonna, they should be breaking 8,000 on the regular Yeah. if this team still performs really well and probably get some sellouts when some of the better Mountain West teams come to town, like New Mexico coming to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That better be a sellout. <laughs> like UNLV, San Diego State. Yeah. like All these teams are coming to town. If Utah State's still up there at the top of the conference. Heck, if New Mexico is still undefeated by the time they come to town, um, I don't know how early that or That would be February 1st. So, unlikely but possible. I'd, I'd probably <laughs> lean towards really unlikely. but <laughs> They'd be in the low 20s of uh, victories. Yeah, but it would... That would be pretty crazy because by then New Mexico would probably be like in the top They'd fifteen. Be, yeah, probably close to top ten. Yeah, yeah. Depending on who they play in the Mountain West schedule, they could break top ten maybe. Uh, good resolutions there. Uh, another one for me for um, for the Mountain West or for USU basketball. Uh, just return to the NCAA tournament. I know that's uh, kind of standard and it's not really original, but you, know, the, you missed out going to the NIT by going to the NIT last year. Things are off to a good start where the Look like they're positioned in a way to do that, but uh, they have to play well through this conference play to get themselves there. And um, I think they would say a lot for this program on kind of where it's at over the last four or five years and its current trajectory uh, under Coach Ryan Odom to get them back there. See, I'll uh, I'll give one for Utah State basketball. This is more short-term, I guess, tool to actually achieve the goal that you've laid out. And that just has to do with play better defense. Or to use Coach Odom's phrase, just be more intentional hmm. on defense. You know, that intensity on defense that you see from teams like, you know, when, when you're an intense defensive team, everything else just goes so much better. That's why I've always loved watching, covering, cheering for great defensive teams. Because I know people love watching good offense, and that's nice. But it is so much more fun to watch a team just absolutely crush the hopes and dreams of an opposing team's offense. It's just, 
It's amazing to watch. It's beautiful basketball, and a lot of people don't appreciate it enough. And I'd like, and the Aggies don't have to be that soul-crushing defensive team. Just be a little more intentional, have a lot of energy. Some of the players do have that energy on defense. I'm not saying a lot, all of them are being lazy. But be a little more intentional, be a little bit better, and then everyone's just going to have so much more fun, and the team's just going to be that much better. Uh, 2305 texting in. Do the <laughs> Aggies have any top-notch receivers coming in next year, or are they already on the team? I know there's been some praise thrown around for Micah Davis, who's coming from the junior college ranks, uh, who went to the junior college ranks from Air Force. Um, so there's been some hype for him. I've looked into him a little bit. There's one player I'm intrigued by. That's Otto Tia. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a, a big candidate to he's step already in. He's on the already on the roster. Yep, and he's kind of he's been that like next man up in terms of, like they had their wide receiver rotation set. Otto Tia was like the first name just outside of that, and so he's going to be stepping into that. Six foot four. End of the year, I think he yeah. started taking some targets away from McGriff. Yeah, he was. He he was getting some snaps. I remember seeing him. I'd see him out there. Like, oh wait, that's Otto Tia. Um, didn't perform well. I think he had a ball hit him in the chest in that bowl game. Yeah, right in the numbers. So not the greatest start, but dude's like a sophomore, will be a junior. So he's a name I, I'd like to keep an eye on. Um, and I'll definitely be watching him in, in spring ball mm-hmm. and then in fall camp just to say, all right, this is supposed to be the, one of the next guys up. And if and if he can you know perform well, then – you know, having a six foot four receiver like that—it's all the hopes we have for Justin McGriff. Yes. So hopefully he'll he'll be able to do that. Terrell Vaughn will be back. Yep. I uh, have Van Leeuwen. You'll get him back. Yeah. So you got so there's some decent ones coming back. Yeah, you got the slot receiver rotation. It'll be perfectly fine. Um, the question is the outside receivers. There's a bunch of outside receiver types on this roster. Guys that are like six foot and above. Guys that are six two, six three. There's a bunch of those guys there. But we just don't know anything about them because they're all redshirt freshmen um, or guys who are sophomores who haven't played like at all their first two seasons. So there's a lot of unknowns on the roster and a bunch of incoming junior college guys. Uh, 9952. I think SDSU under Smith was last uh, near capacity. Yeah, it was, it was like 20, it was the year before the COVID, or was it 2019-20, I think, and they played San Diego State that year. Oh, and when San was, Diego State came to town. Um, and they were ranked pretty high. I think you're probably right. I think that was, if that wasn't a sellout, it was near a sellout. Yeah, and I think it ended up being a sellout or so close that it didn't really matter. I think Nevada the year before that, 2018-19, was a sellout or close to it. But yeah, since then, attendance didn't really recover in the post-COVID year. And, uh, was that the first year of Odom, or was, did, was Smith around for one year post-COVID? No. Uh, Smith was... No, you're right. <laughs> now I'm all confused. Uh, i got to look this up now. Yeah, because Odom was... Uh, 21 and 22. So Odom was his first year was 21. So Smith would have been 20 and 21. Okay. So Smith was around for one year because yeah. there was a COVID cancellation in 2020. 
Yeah, and then Smith had so, one more year, and that was Keta. Yeah, and, that, and they made the tournament again. It's an 11 seed and Texas lost there. Texas Tech. So then Odom took over, goes 18-16. The rest is history so far. Uh, nine three one five. Uh, who in the Mountain West for basketball can fit the most spectators? Um, oh, also, if is the conversation with people that are not in the portal something similar to someone cheating on their spouse? Wait, what? Is the conversation with people that are not in the portal something similar to someone cheating on their spouse? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Conversations you shouldn't be having, I guess. So uh, the, the 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 question on for nine through and five the capacity capacity I believe according to Google it's the Thomas and Mack Center UNLV. Oh, little under nineteen thousand. Ooh, yeah, okay. Which and is San Diego State's got a pretty good size capacity. New Mexico does. And New Mexico is third. Who's in the Save Mart Center? It just has the name. I, I don't think that's Fresno. Is it? I don't know. It just has the name of the. St- oh, here we go. Okay, it is Fresno. I clicked on a link and now it has a table. Even it better. Tells me everything. See so Utah State. They're down there because Utah State stadium capacity is small. Like heck, when they built it, people thought it was small. So it's a little frustrating, but they can't sell it out. So I guess perfect size. Yeah. Don't need an extra eight thousand seats if you can't put anybody <laughs> in it. Uh, also, 9315, since we're on the text, the best New Year's resolution for all USU sports is just do better, to quote Eric. No, don't quote me. That's not me. That's that's Jason. That's me. And P.S., not hard to outdo McGriff unless it's in the end zone. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, all right, another time out here in the full court press. When we come back, uh, what are the latest RPI numbers for high school hoops? Well, they reveal that next here on the full court press. For more than a century, S.E. Needham Jewelers has been repairing jewelry and watches in Cache Valley. We do all our work on premises, and you may even talk directly with our expert technicians. We also have today's state-of-the-art equipment, including a laser welder that will repair jewelry with precision. We guarantee our work and offer competitive prices. So whether repairing your precious wedding ring, sizing a ring, or simply changing a watch battery, come to Utah's oldest jewelry store with today's newest technology and repair. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Christmas is nearly here. Make sure you be merry and bright by using your pre-tax funds on your medical needs. We know your regular holiday budget is disappearing quick. So instead, save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies. HSA Depot carries hundreds of unique and dashing eligible products to help you conquer your health care. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty Supply and see how much you can save this holiday season. HSA Depot, five-star review. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. And the Napa case lot sale is coming up. And uh, they've got the uh, Napa Premium Oil for $3.59 a quart. Napa Premium Synthetic, $5.49 a quart. And a lot of the other great deals going on at your five locally owned Preston of Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. 
So uh, RPI for high school basketball, it's uh, something that's updated every week. And this is something that we really haven't updated on this show for a little bit because of the uh, holiday season. But in the initial first reveal that came out just a few weeks ago, Skyview came out at number one. Ridgeline was number four. Bear River number five. Logan number nine. Mountain Crest 11. Green Canyon 13. This is for boys basketball. And, uh, Jason, there was an update that just uh, was released earlier this week. Yeah, so uh, Skyview is still at number one. Um, Bear River has jumped to number four. That was one that really popped out. But, you know, Bear River's eight and three. They're one spot ahead of Ridgeline at five. So pretty good. Uh, you know, three of the top five are Region 11 teams. Again, Skyview still just rolling strong, just rolling along. Ridgeline just taking a small step back. Yeah, Logan at number 10, Mountain Crest 11, Green Canyon 12. So they're all kind of clumped together right there near the, the, the bottom part yeah. of the standing. So a little surprised with Logan at 7-4, and four, grouped uh, near teams that are 5-4 five and four and 5-5 five and five on either side of them. Yeah, opponent's winning percentage has really – it's it's dragging them down, I think. Let's see. They have the worst opponent winning percentage. That's what's dragging them down. Uh, for the girls in the opening uh, reveal, it was Skyview number one, Ridgeline number two, Green Canyon number three, Mountain Crest six, Bear River seven, and Logan at number 13. Uh, and in the latest RPI for girls basketball, it's Ridgeline now number one, who remain undefeated. Skyview number two, Green Canyon number three, Mountain Crest is at number five, Bear River at seven, and uh, Logan is still at 13. Yeah, so five of the top seven. Region 11 in girls basketball. And Ridgeline is playing absolutely dominant. Uh, they don't have the greatest opponent win percentage, which is probably what puts Skyview at the top of that first RPI. But Ridgeline just absolutely rolling. You know, undefeated. They're the only undefeated team left. Uh, and, like, I think either boys or girls in 4A. Um, and Emily Skinner is still lighting it up. You know, I get the stats in from Ridgeline every time they have a game. It's like, oh, there's another 20-point game for Emily Skinner and, you know, four or five rebounds and assists. Like, <laughs> she just keeps going. Yes. What an impressive player. Just a sophomore, too. Yeah, just a sophomore and two-time Player of the Week award winner. And we'll restart that Player of the Week. We had a bit of a hiatus because of the holidays and not all teams are playing. And we set it aside. It'll be back next week. Uh, a couple games. Well, number of teams in action tomorrow. Uh, Bear River uh, is at Judge Memorial. Uh, Green Canyon hosting Bonneville. Logan hosting Northridge. Ridgeline at Grantsville. And Mountain Crest at Box Elder. So a lot of teams in action for boys basketball tomorrow and uh, on our family radio stations and streaming on CashValleyDaily.com. So back in action uh, tomorrow. Skyview, their first game isn't until a little bit later in the week they take on Bonneville. But um, it's uh, the region schedule is getting underway next week. Yeah, really looking forward to it. I'll have a bit of a preview, just kind of recapping how uh, non-region play went for everyone and then previewing what the teams look like now. We know a little bit about these teams. And so just able to look forward toward what I'm hoping is going to be a really competitive and really exciting uh, Region 11 slate of basketball games because there's a lot of teams that could be in the hunt for it. Skyview's overwhelming favorite, but they're only the favorite on paper right now. <laughs> That's true. So got to play the games.
Uh, so anyway, we'll we'll catch into a little bit more of that tomorrow and as the week goes on with reach and play. Coming up next hour, we'll get into more about Utah State and Air Force, uh, the Utah Jazz taking on the Kings, and some proposed changes in the NCAA about increased access to the postseason. Yeah, so. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last night's Bills-Bengals game was said to be one of the better Monday night matchups of the year. But after a scary injury in the first quarter to Bills safety DeMar Hamlin, football immediately became unimportant as the players stayed on the field for over nine minutes after a reported cardiac arrest. Over the years, it's become very clear that standalone games hold a tremendous amount of power in the NFL. It's hard not to see the NFL struggling with injuries this season and not question what Hamlin's injury will do to the game. But at this moment, football isn't what's important. He's only 24 years of age. As a family, and we could see by the reaction from his teammates, he has a lot of people who deeply care about him. We don't have much information on him this morning, but until we get promising news, this isn't time to talk about the effects last night will have on the playoffs, because at the end of the day, these are people, and they deserve to be treated as such, not entertainment. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.